Ladies and gentlemen, welcome aboard the TV Pilot's License Flight Number 24 with service to Texas. We ask that you please fasten your headphones at this time, secure your podcasting device, and remember that it may take us a few seconds to get off the runway for takeoff. Wait a minute. We found an opening. We're at the 40, the 35, the 20, the 10. We may do it. Touchdown, TV Pilot's License. Touchdown, TV Pilot's License. Welcome to the TV Pilot's License. My name is Jeff Kerbis, joined by Max Singer, as well as Rich Inman. How are you boys doing today? Oh, you just challenged everything I know about, like, aeronautical engineering. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I love that we started off with a touchdown. This is, like, this is a super exciting way to... We're, we're the Chinese weather balloon of podcasts right now. Oh, way to be very topical, right? So, Jeff, I, I have to ask. We are we are days away from Super Bowl Sunday. Uh, you obviously have a vested interest in this weekend's game. How, how are you feeling? How are you feeling about your Eagles, your Eagles? Uh, you know, as far as talking about the birds, um, it yeah. is, I, I'm, I'm feeling pretty good, right? And I know that this will forever be in history, so I'm not going to give my prediction of the game. But what I will say is it has been one really fun season to be a Philadelphia Eagles fan. I am lucky enough to have uh, seen them win a Super Bowl. I've seen them lose a Super Bowl. Uh, so, you know, hopefully luck goes on our way and we all are winners because we get to see Rihanna return to performing once again. Finally, And I am fully prepared for that as is my wife. Uh, but today boys, we're talking about a uh, religion upon itself, Texas football with Friday night lights. Woo. That's right. Oh boy. Am I ready? Oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> It looks like our starting wide receiver is down and we will need to bring in a backup to talk about this week's show. Our guest this week is an L.A.-based stand-up comic whose brand new solo hour can be seen at the Elysian Theater on April 22nd. Please welcome at wide receiver Spencer Turabiarty. Spencer, thank yeah. you so much thank, for joining. I am uh, I am so happy to be here to talk football. Um, I don't get too many opportunities being in comedy, so <laughs> I'm just glad that I can finally sit down and reminisce about the good old days. Oh, very oh, nice. Well, Spencer, clear, clear eyes, full pod, can't lose. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, unfortunately, I didn't have a great, you know welcoming coach taylor pump up speech for everyone but i'm pretty excited to be talking about friday night lights as a whole but for those who have uh, for those of you who may have been joining the podcast just to listen to spencer chat or maybe this is your first time max can you tell people a little bit about what this is all about so here at tv pilots license we break down and analyze the pilot episodes of some of television's most famous or in some cases infamous pilot episodes We figure out how these shows came to be and were greenlit, uh, if they're successful pilots and making us want to watch more, and if we think they can be made today. We've got a whole bank of episodes wherever you get your podcasts, so go back, listen to a show you may know and love, or find someone you may have never seen before, and if it's your first time flying with us, then welcome aboard. And if you're just here to listen to us talk about football, go listen to our Ballers episode. (laughs) 
<laughs> Somehow, Go though, listen to the Ballers episode. <laughs> yeah, just listen to Ballers. This is a Peter Berg-based podcast. Uh, That's not but... a threat. The Berg Boys. <laughs> well, Rich, you usually come with something a little bit extra. What is your question of the week? I do. I mean, this is obviously a... High school football in Texas is an entity that is far uh, that is far more supported and far more like hyped on than basically anything in the high school to college sports like pantheon is when you guys were growing up when you were in high school what was the sport that everyone cared about the most in your town oh wow that's a great question spencer uh as our resident football star uh what was the uh (laughs) what was it like what was what was the sport it it there was no competition it was 100 percent football every town you drive through it will be just run down and wrecked but you'll see a multi-million dollar football <laughs> stadium yeah. there's nothing there's every nothing town. you can tell me there's no way you can convince me that texas is real <laughs> it's it's in, it's insane it's just football is everything because like i was watching the news when i was back home and there was a small town where i'm from where the government actually had to take over because they had to lay off so many teachers because they like ran out of money and mismanaged but oh you God. better believe they had a beautiful football stadium. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, football, amazing. football, hands down. Yeah, yeah. We're we're having class outside of the bleachers because we uh, leased out the portable <laughs> classrooms to Walmart. Yeah, the football coach is also the history teacher, science teacher, English teacher. And, yeah, that's wild. Max, what about you? Uh, so I, I would say that we had a very popular like football game day tradition but it was small town connecticut so it was like we were good at it uh it was just definitely the most popular sport no i went to a really big lacrosse high school um like the way you see in friday night lights like guys getting scouted for d1 football we had a lot of guys in my graduating class who went to like major major lacrosse programs guys who went on to play in like the mll which maybe is or is still not a functional league i don't know uh <laughs> But yeah, we were a, we were a big lax town, a big lax high school. Uh, I remember moving future financial to, crimes sports. I remember moving <laughs> to this town in seventh grade, and I had never heard of lacrosse before. And the first day of school in this new town, first period gym class, I got handed a lacrosse stick and was told to just go like play catch with someone. And I had no idea what to do. And I like got really made fun of for not knowing how to play lacrosse. Which this sounds like was... a Johnny Tsunami like scenario right yeah. now. <laughs> hey, you guys, this kid doesn't know how to throw the ball with the stick. <laughs> He's trying to throw a ball with his hands. What a fucking uh, loser. <laughs> we sure had some characters in the old neighborhood. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, well, for me, I um, went to high school in Broward County, Florida. Uh, which I think second to Texas is probably a big football area. Um, Although I did not play high school football, um, I did go to tryouts. Um, I decided rowing was a little bit more my speed of a sport. Um, (laughs) But what helped make that decision very clear uh, was I lined up uh, against a senior who was six foot five and 290 (laughs) pounds who then became the first starting freshman left tackle uh, ever in Notre Dame history. Wow. That oh my was God. my sign uh, <laughs> that I should never play 
football in Broward County. Um, but with that being said, um, you know, like also went to a really like Florida doesn't get recognized as a basketball state back in like when I was in high school. But there were some real big stars that went through Florida. And now you have these gigantic academies that it, are based in Florida where, like, basketball is now mm. a thing. Fair, mm-hmm. Very legitimate high schools, yep. Yeah, very, very <laughs> legitimate academic institutions that aren't sponsored by talent agencies. Um, <laughs> oh, you, oh, you also went to very legitimate high school? <laughs> Rich, what about you? Um, okay, so, well, we're all proving right now that we deserve to only be on a comedy podcast about TV <laughs> pilots right now. Um, uh, so, big biggest sport, hands down, in Chicago is basketball. Um, I mean, you have a ton of high schools playing national schedules there. I mean, you can go find, like, when I was in high school, you could go find someone... Or, like, you can end up at, like, a really small gym and end up seeing, like, Anthony Davis play... Or any any number of people who are like coming up in that in that particular era. Um, but I went to a, an extremely nerdy high school, and it was founded in 1999, so we didn't have a ton of funding yet. <laughs> and uh, we had uh, <laughs> there was a very famous decision or infamous decision that the school had to make, where we only had enough money to either get a an insurance policy to have a high school football team or a rock climbing wall in our gym. <laughs> and guess which one that we chose. <laughs> Well, yeah. So like... we were we were the we were the Mountaineers, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and yeah. So uh, have, coming from a nerdy high school, I guess our top sport at the time was Warcraft. <laughs> Runescape, esports, yeah. Runescape. <laughs> Big uh, Space Marines crowd over there. Uh, yeah, topical. Um, yeah, no, it's wild because you know Max and Rich and I all went to school with someone who had a photo of him playing high school basketball in Chicago, guarding Anthony Davis before the wow. yeah. skirt. That is just one of the <laughs> funniest. Still had the unibrow, though. Yeah, still the unibrow game was strong. strong. But, like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, you also think of, like, the show Hoop Dream or the movie Hoop Dreams and stuff like that. And, like, absolutely, there's definitely a big identity of basketball in Chicago. Yeah, it's, I don't know if it's as close. I don't know if it's as, like, widespread as high school football in Texas, but it is big. I mean, because I'll, I'll be in a lot of these kids. There's an infinite number of ways to get injured and or like like end up fumbling a, a, a football career or a potential career to to like play in the NFL. There's only five guys that can be on the court at one time in basketball. There's a pretty good chance if you're amazing in high school, you have a shot at being something big in the NBA. And yeah, everyone knows it. So they ever everyone's trying to find that next star. That's amazing. Well, Rich, thank you for that awesome question of the week. Yeah, get the juice. Um, thank you, Rich. Yeah, you're welcome. Bye, guys. All right. See ya. <laughs> Thanks so much. <laughs> Three man weave. Um, but now, as we uh, get ready to talk about Friday Night Lights, a little synopsis for you. A drama that follows the lives of the Dillon Panthers, one of the nation's best high school football teams, and their head coach, Eric Taylor. Um, short and sweet setup, but Max, tell us a little bit about how this show came to be. Totally. So we're going to be talking about the premiere of Friday Night Lights titled Pilot, which premiered on October 3rd, 2006. Uh, the show was created by Peter Berg with showrunner and head writer Jason Cadams. 
Uh, Berg, we've talked about on this podcast before uh, in the Ballers episode. Go back and listen to it. Ballers. Uh, but Berg, <laughs> he started off as an actor. Uh, he's a main lead on Chicago Hope in the 90s. And then starting in like the late 90s, early aughts, he transitions into more behind-the-camera work with films like Very Bad Things and The Rundown. Uh, in 2004, though, he becomes most notable as a director and writer for uh, the film version of Friday Night Lights. Uh, which he co-wrote, directed, was a big hit for Universal Studios. That movie is based on the book of the same name, Friday Night Lights, A Town, A Team, and a Dream, uh, by H.G. Bissinger. It's a New York Times bestseller. And that's based on the 1988 season of the Permian Panthers in small town Odessa, Texas. Uh, the movie version is based on the book's story a little bit more to a T, uh, the version we're talking about today is going to be fictionalized. Funny enough, this show is at NBC. The movie version was done by Universal. It's all kind of been done in-house. But back in the 90s, NBC actually tried to get the rights to this book and failed. So they made a knockoff version mm. called Against the Grain that starred <laughs> Ben Affleck, and it only lasted one season. Why didn't we watch oh, that? Wow. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's com coming next football season. I just want to watch Ben Affleck chain-smoking cigarettes, throwing yeah. footballs. That's all I want. That'd be funny if Connie Britton is also the wife in the Ben Affleck <laughs> one. Just every single football one. The they wife. got her on retainer. It's like those old-school like Warner Brothers contracts where they only use the same five actors over and over. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the old studio deals. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, so basically, as soon as the movie comes out, Peter Berg starts exploring the idea of expanding it into a TV show. Uh, when you're making a two-hour film, you're a little bit limited into what you could tell because of time constraints. And he wanted to get into a lot more of the interpersonal topics that were covered in the book that he just couldn't fit into a film script. Uh, so doing a fictional town, fictional team allowed him to take all of the bigger concepts in the book and just explore them over a longer period of time. Uh, plus Universal NBC already having the rights from the film version made it really easy to get this thing greenlit. Uh, two of the film's actors actually pretty much play their same parts in this pilot. Uh, Cotty Britton... Uh, basically plays the the same role instead of Billy Bob Thornton. She's married to Some Kyle Chandler. Supportive Christian wife. <laughs> uh, Brad Leland, <laughs> number who one, also uh, plays uh, Mr. Garrity, Lila's dad, uh, the car dealership owner. He plays the exact same role in the movie as well, just like the real person. So mm -hmm. they had people they were just like streamlining <clears throat> into this. Uh, in terms of their head writer, Jason Cadams. He starts his career as a struggling playwright in New York City, and then one day, he gets a call out of the blue from writer, director, producer Edward Zwick, uh, who's a big name in Hollywood, and I like to imagine the call was something along the lines of like, hey, Jason, I read one of your plays, and uh, you ain't getting no work, but how do you want to come out to Hollywood and write for my new TV show? Uh, so he moves to LA and Cadams becomes a writer on Zwick's new TV series that he's executive producing called My So-Called Life uh, oh, in 1994. Yeah. Out of the oh, blue, wow. he gets his first writing job. Again, in the 90s, someone could just call you and say, hey, how you want to come work at Hollywood, kid? Uh, and it worked like that. Answer, <laughs> this is a message to all those kids who want to be writers. Answer every LinkedIn message that yeah. you get. That... None of them are scams. 
None of them whatsoever. If you yeah. don't recognize a phone number, call of you. Take <laughs> yeah. it. Um, yeah. Take every call. It's so scam likely. <laughs> it is funny. I'll watch my older brother answer every single phone call he gets, and now it all makes sense. Yeah. How old is he? Yeah, he wants to be a writer 65. on my so-called life. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but after that, uh, this is my very Adams, the greatest generation. He goes on to create the uh, the TV drama Relativity before really rising to fame as the creator of Roswell at WB. Uh-huh. Uh, I don't want to give too, too much away, but just getting a little bit into the filming style of the show, it's really cool. So I just want to chat about it really quick. Um, they actually filmed this drama documentary style. Uh, according to EP Jeffrey Reiner, the rules were no rehearsal, no blocking, just three cameras and we shoot. So basically, they wouldn't do any blocking rehearsals. They shot everything on location, and they would just have three cameramen follow the cast around. Uh, Peter Berg even gave them improvisational rights and was like, if you feel like your character would say something here, let's just try it. And they would shoot entire scenes in just one long take and then edit it together from the three different angles, um, which is really cool. It's not as structured as a lot of shows. It does have a super naturalistic feel. Uh, They also use the uniforms, logos, and stadiums from nearby Pflugerville High School, who was also called the Panthers. And they would actually Mm. film all of Pflugerville High's football games to use as the football scene footage in this show. Obviously, when there's like close-ups or like plot-specific moments, like in the huddles or certain plays that we're following, those are blocked out and actually shot. But if you're just Mm. seeing like footage of the game going on, random tackles, random passes, stuff that's not driving the plot along... Those are actually Pflugerville's games. That's really cool. Um, also, were those kids paid for that? Because that's like, they probably saved them millions of dollars in like, in coordinating all those. The like, those I, I'm yeah. sure they're, they're so, all so hired expensive. as extras. Same thing for all the people who are actually going to the games. Uh, a lot of people in the crowds are just people who were Austin area locals who were either brought in as extras or as people attending the Pflugerville games. So I'm sure got, you know, whatever union, $150 for eight hours. That's so smart. I love that so much. And this is also like in that era where every other TV show that was made was in the like the faux documentary style. So like they they really got they they got a lot of the shaky cam like uh and shaky cam and uh what is it called when they do like the the solo cutaways. Oh, like confessional? Confessional. Yeah. Yeah, yeah th- this yeah. show is basically parts of wreck with a football. Yeah. Like <laughs> the, the amount of shaky cam in this show um remind like I am slightly convinced that Peter Berg and Michael Bay are somehow related. Just one likes explosions slightly more than the other uh, because they both love shaky cam so damn much. And it's just, you know, and Peter, it's Berg, like, you're there, Jeff. It's, it's like, you're there I am right there. Yeah. It's like, you're, it's like you're there and you're just doing this the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> well, do you guys want to start talking a little bit about Friday night lights? Let's talk some Texas football. Yeah. Let's do it. There's yeah. A- yeah, there's also a really good fun fact for all of our political nerds uh, that the same person who does the music for this show also did the music for the entire run of The West Wing. So oh, that's another part of it. That's uh, awesome. Yeah. So w- NBC legend Snuffy Walden. <laughs> uh, well, I'm sorry to tell you all, it's Monday. Uh, and at the beginning of this show, I got rich. Excellent. But... We start off on Monday, and it's the start of the new football season. And I loved the establishment of, um, Spencer, you talked a little bit about the small town vibes, right? Of like everything Mm -hmm. shuts down for football. We get that establishment really quickly with the only thing that's on the radio, 
We're talking about the Dillon Panthers and the new head coach, Coach Taylor, who has zero experience being a head coach, but he is the new deal. We get these. God, he's easy on the eyes. Oh, I, Max, (laughs) thank you for bringing that up. Everyone in this cast is gorgeous. Like everyone, like everything is so accurate except the beauty of this town. (laughs) (laughs) You're saying everyone in Texas doesn't, isn't 25 years old. In I high was, school, <laughs> I was about to say this show is going to get me in trouble. Literally, my first note is just Minka Kelly Oker. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, just a, a new segment called Hot People Fun Facts. Uh, the producers actually thought that Kyle Chandler was too good looking to play Coach Taylor, but then he showed up hungover, having stayed up all night playing cards with his buddies to his audition. And they were like, Oh, you got the part. Perfect. That's yeah. amazing. Well, you nailed it. Hot people, fun facts. That's yeah, the thing. That, that's definitely a new game for us. Um, but we start to sort of get a picture of everyone's lives and by like small introductions to the team as a whole, right? Uh, we see backup quarterback Matt Saracen getting up, um, living with his grandma, um, just like trying to make sure that she is taken care of as she's watching infomercials. Uh, and he gets picked up by his friend Landry Clark. Um, my first, first line that I have written down, all state jerk team is just a yes. grade A line of just great writing where I was just like, <laughs> hell yeah. Um, but everyone's a little bit different, right? We see also Tim Riggins, uh, get up in a very different manner, surrounded by beers. Uh, his brother's trying to take care of him as well, but he's also, um, you know, sharing or sharing his home with his girlfriend, uh, Tyra Collette um, and you can just tell listening to the entire thing that football is really making these people superstars but also at the same time they're high school students in the middle of nowhere Texas uh, all throughout it yeah you you know I love uh, an intro line that sets up everything you need to know about a character and Landry Clark introducing himself as utterly useless at all-state jerk team <laughs> is up there with some of the best we've had on this show <laughs> That's that's his uh, that's his Real Housewives tagline. Oh my! God. <laughs> but I did really love how at the beginning of the show to get a very clear idea of the personalities they used that you, we talked about the documentary style. Um, that sort of having watched more than just one episode, that does sort of escape the show after the pilot. <clears throat> but in the pilot, we do learn a little bit about Tim Riggins at fullback. And Jason Street at QB, uh, who's the number one ranked player in the country, uh, who's supposed to be 17 years old. But fun fact about uh, our man, uh, Scott Porter, who plays Jason Street. 37. He was 28 years old when this pilot was filmed. (laughs) And he was the oldest of the high school players uh, uh, or high school actors on this show. Okay, so really, really quick, let's let's break down the ranking of who from like most likely high schooler to least likely high schooler of our leads. Oh, Ooh, okay. So I I know the answers of this, but um, I I'm curious. What do you guys think? Who do you think of the main actors? Or let's just start off with the people who are introduced at the beginning. Oh, I don't I don't care about their actual ages. I just care about can they look like a high schooler. <laughs> I think the backup quarterback guy who came yeah. in, he looks like he could. Zach and Gilford? Jesse, yeah, yeah, and Jesse Plemons, I could yeah. see that. So Jesse Plemons, actually, when this was filmed, was 17 years old. Um, what? So he was, okay. yeah, he was the most at, 
him and then Amy Teagarden, who plays Julie Taylor, the coach's mm-hmm. daughter, she was yeah. 16 years old. Uh, when she, she also this. looks like an actual child. But they, I, yeah. so th- was this Jesse Plemons, like, how how far after Like Mike was this for him? Because I don't remember when that came out, but that was, like, the one, like, childhood role I know him from. Like Mike was probably, yeah. like, 2002 was yeah. Like Mike, so. Wow. Yeah. So this so is this, four years, four years of difference. Yeah, no. And, like, that's the... That's the interesting part is you can tell the writing is writing on shows like these have to be so well done in the introduction to all these characters, right? Like Smash Williams being this egotistical running back, uh, very who looks like he's about to retire from football. (laughs) (laughs) And and he's supposed to be, I mean, I know they obviously different name, different character, but he's supposed to be Booby Miles, right? He's but the Booby yes. Miles part. He's of supposed this, yeah. to be okay. Booby Miles. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But I thought the same thing, Max. Like when he's in the diner talking about his future plans of like opening up businesses, I was like, this guy's yeah. like forty five. <laughs> yeah, no, these are his post career businesses. Yeah. He's the one opening car dealerships. He might yeah. be able to take some from his social security a little bit early yeah. and like not get taxed too much on it. Like this is going to be fine. I mean, uh, Kyle Chandler looks younger than some of these guys, <laughs> but. It, it is a great introduction to the show, right? Like, you get an idea of, this is the idea. Jason Street is, like, all professional. Uh, his parents are talking to a scout from Notre Dame at the beginning of the show about, like, how the Notre Dame scout even is, like, I've been watching quarterbacks for years, uh, and oh. this is, like, the real deal. Um, I want This is keep... the most cliche line in any sports thing. I'm like, Let's I was waiting for, for this for particular... It. I love... Uh, ma'am i've been scouting quarterbacks for the university of notre dame for 27 years and your son might be the best i've ever seen like, <laughs> give it to me straight sports coach. movie how good yeah. is he <laughs> every movie has to have that Moneyball has it like field of dreams has it like ever like literally every possible uh sports movie has that exact line so i don't want to be the dick who brings in college football at this time but around <laughs> 2006 Notre Dame hasn't had a good QB in a long, long time who's made it into the NFL. So I would like to talk with the Street family about going somewhere else for college because this is not a smart career move for Jason as a whole. Um, well, he's about to turn the whole franchise around. But I thought it was really interesting. They used... Tim Riggins uh, becomes a star of the show later on, but as he has shown up to practice hungover as hell... Um, Coach Taylor makes an example of him doing, like, some form of an Oklahoma drill. It's not really Oklahoma, but, like, we'll call it for the sake of it. Where, just, like, they invite anyone to just beat the crap out of Tim Riggins. Uh, For for those listening at home who are, uh, like, comedy and TV people and not football, Oklahoma (laughs) is basically a drill they don't really let you do too much in high school football practice. for two. Two dudes just have to run straight at each other and, like, crash into each other. It's like playing chicken in full yeah. pads. Uh, Spencer, did you ever have to do this at high school practice? I did, yes. Uh, scout defense Ooh. against varsity. Uh, yeah, oh, my I got, God. Uh, oh, my God. And I know you can't see in this little frame, but I am very petite. And... <laughs> In high school, I weighed about 115 pounds, and I was tossed around. So these drills you were You played nightmares. high school football at 115 pounds? Oh, yeah. That's wild. Oh, my God. With pads. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I think the pads set me back. Like, I think I could have been better without it. But uh, 
but yeah, so there was a lot of that. And uh, but we were a very, very, very small school. But did this got killed multiple times? Uh, Good God! Yeah. yeah. And it, it definitely, like, set that tone of, like, hey, Coach Taylor does not take shit from any of his players. No one's a superstar. Everyone is yeah. here to work. We learn a little bit about how he got this job is because he's been with Jason Street since Pee Wee football, right? He's been his QB coach forever. Uh, and sort of, like, I don't want to say that he got this job because he's related to Jason Street, but this is as close as you can get to like just being given a role because you have such a good relationship with this star player of the future as a that is whole. something that happens a lot in sports too like yeah now uh, it's very commonplace yeah there there's a um I'm, I'm sound the alarm for another rich white Sox reference on the <laughs> on the podcast but uh there's there's currently a, one of the pitching coaches for the chicago white Sox was the high school coach for lucas giolito in in la and they were just like, yeah, we're bringing you along. You have like the right uh, psych, uh, like psychological like connection with him. So we're gonna help you. We're gonna help him flourish and and bring you along. But I'm like, I don't know. Did he really like do his time of like coaching high school, college, minors, then the majors? Like, I don't know. They're just uh, like, there must he's be got some like chill vibes. Yeah, <laughs> we we run this franchise on vibes, and you definitely super chill. <laughs> It's we okay do. if you do human growth hormones. We just want you to <laughs> yeah. do it at home. Yeah. <laughs> Where yeah. we know you're safe. Under We're our accompaniment. Yeah. Like, just making sure everything's okay. Um, but we <laughs> we get the title card. Friday Night Lights, very plain. Um, and this is then, such just a pilot opening of, like, we're yeah, going to intro the, you to all the characters and then just a title card. And, like, Friday Night Lights <laughs> does have, like, a, I think of that intro sequence, like, very fondly of, like, you have the little guitar in the background and you have the montage and all these, like you get to see all the players and stuff like that. This was just like, mm -hmm. nope, this is a pilot. Hopefully mm -hmm. it works. Fingers crossed. Like, let's take you somewhere else. Um, and we immediately are taken over to the diner where Jason Street's being followed by the news crew. Um, and we get a little bit more of the vibe of what these players are like and a little bit more of a sense of like, they are still high schoolers. Like, as much as it is an oddity to have a news crew following just mm. a teenager around. I, I appreciate Jason Street's uh, superstition of he goes to that diner and eats something called the Aztec burger before <laughs> yeah. every game. But they don't explain what the Aztec burger is. Uh, so don't worry about it. What do you think the Aztec <laughs> burger is, Max? I, I'm curious now. Oh, man. Uh, so I'm going to say it is a burger with uh, pepper jack cheese uh, <laughs> and maybe some, like, poblano peppers on it. It's, like, things that are vaguely spicy see that uh yeah. are indicative to the aztec culture here in dillon texas <laughs> yeah that's i didn't understand the aztec connection there. Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking uh i'm thinking green hatch chilies myself but uh they're just like comparing it to a whataburger menu item but yeah uh, there's just gonna be yeah. some jalapenos <laughs> somewhere <laughs> it's it's called the aztec burger because it's stacked extremely high with uh, with ten thousand types of ingredients. Yeah, I want to see the version of the show where he eats a comically large cheeseburger by himself. <laughs> <laughs> we do meet Julie Taylor, who's reading Moby Dick. Uh, Landry Clark is uh, trying to find some opening for a conversation uh, in one of the most awkward. Like it, it did remind me very much of like teens trying to talk to other teens, uh, but not just being able to just say hey. Uh, instead, I have to have some smooth move to open. Um, 
Hey, Jesse Plemons gets better at games. He gets older. He led Kirsten Dunst. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, God bless Hard him. Hard to argue with those results. Yeah, you beat out Toby McGuire for uh, Kirsten Dunst. You're doing okay. Um, <laughs> because that's how it works, right? Relationships in movies are relationships in real world. It's real Mr. to me. Mr. and Mrs. Smith me. taught me that. Thank you, Jennifer. Or, or, excuse me, Brad Pitt. Angelina. Uh, and Angelina Jolie. Yeah, Freudian slip. You can't say Jennifer Aniston at that <laughs> no, one. No, no, no. Yeah. Jennifer Aniston's very upset about that um but as far as I loved this scene because it just showed personality even more so like I have one line written down uh from Smash Williams that I thought was just amazing and it was I'm gonna bring the whole world together baby then I'm gonna go bust up Paris Hilton's marriage and I was just like (laughs) this is such a like a wild line from a supposed teenager who's talking about being sponsored by Nike and Adidas, by Pepsi and Coke, and somehow thinking that his whole life is set just because he's really good at football. Um, And those dreams have been put in his head probably by coaches and his peers as a whole. It is kind of foreshadowing him talking about soda solving big world issues because Kylie Jenner's or Kendall Jenner's Pepsi commercial ended racism. Solved racism. Back. Yeah. He, he was a forward thinker for sure. Yes, yes. He came up with the ad. It was after all those Oklahoma drills that he came up with the ad. Yes, yeah. <laughs> Rich, what did you think of this scene altogether, though? Um, You know, uh, a lot of, so much of this show sets up like what's going to happen at the very end of this episode and it it is all just like it's high school hubris it is hormones a bubbling and and uh people putting way too much emphasis on football only uh except for the supposedly nerdy coach's daughter who's reading a book that's probably was like she was told to read like three grades ago well there's a there's a fun uh cut with this too while we're seeing the players at all there as rich called it high school hubris you also get to see eric taylor hard at work in his office and it's that that split of like while the players are like having fun and bonding like he's in the trenches he's reviewing game tape and we get our Mm. first introduction to the iconic uh the incomparable the one and only tammy taylor played by connie Britton, who comes in and is just such a coach's wife but also like I like how she like, she like sasses him in the intro. Like, did you forget to tell me something? I heard a little rumor about us. Mm-hmm. And uh, it turns out that Eric is, you know, so busy working on this first game of the year that he forgot that he has these like head coach duties now and too many has Oklahoma to go. Uh, yeah, he's, he's in the Oklahoma drills too, but uh, he forgot to tell his wife they're required to go to the opening of a car dealership. And who boy, is she not looking forward to it? Mm-mm. Yeah. It, I can't imagine why I, I really, I just have in my notes, Connie Britton, Connie Britton, Connie Britton, because immediately in this small scene, you like one, I love Connie Britton. Uh, but two, I think in this small scene, you really get a great idea um of what she is yes she's the supportive figure but she doesn't take shit she's not just going to be a wallflower uh by any means she is going to be her own independent human being that has moved here to be a part of coach taylor's dream but I think she, she makes a reference to how to they can alaska. move to alaska yeah, yeah. Quiet yeah. life finally yeah, I was exactly. going to say she is the perfect like voice of reason because this show is so good at just creating that vacuum of these towns where truly oh, nothing so exists and your mind is just so football. And then she's just like, you know, there's a world. 
there. Yeah, yeah. I think they but. do a good job of setting up that she's not just going to play the role of like woman who is concerned, which a lot of like sports dramas fall into the trap of where it's like the wife isn't really like a super fleshed out character. And already you see that she's like, a grounding presence she's her own independent person and that she's the person who like really she's what is really steering the ship here like obviously coach taylor is like the figurehead but like tammy's the one who's like really like behind it all yeah is in her closets i mean yeah we do get that amazing scene like i i do find it so interesting that in a football obsessed town where coach taylor is the star the women in his lives his daughter and his wife both sort of are there being supportive, but like mm-hmm. really don't want to be a part of all of the glitz and glam. They just want to live their lives and be regular human beings. Um, but from here, um, we do get a sort of a picture into the duality of like life as a starter, as well as life as like just a backup on the team, right? Um, which is Max, you look like you want to say something. Go well, for I just it, I want I want to reiterate that. Matt's Matt doesn't come from like a hard scrabble life because he's the backup quarterback. Nope, that's how like, it works. Wanna... <laughs> that, that's how it works. Yeah, when it you is. go like... to tryouts for football, I might have only gone to one tryout, but they ask you what, how much money does your dad make, and you get to be the starting quarterback depending on that number. But yeah, you you do get to see like the split. I think just in Dylan as a whole, where uh, you know Spencer, you mentioned this earlier on, where it's like. You know, the the town may be a little down in its luck, but there's still like the gorgeous facilities. And we see that where it's, you know, it's Matt tossing a ball through a tire hanging by a rope in his yard, mm-hmm. uh, you know, living with his grandma with kind of like a shitty wire fence in the yard. And then we cut that with uh, Jason pulling up in like the nice SUV into like his family's big house. He's making out in the yard with the head cheerleader, Lila Garrity. And you just, you see that Dylan has this contrast to it. There really much is this like, you know, both sides of the tracks thing. And the only like equalizer is the football field. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it it was, um, there was a line that Matt's grandma said that I just loved where it was just like, Jesse Plemons character was just talking to Matt and just like droning on. And she's just like, Matthew, you need to get a new friend. And that was, yeah. that was it. And it was just very, some was, of the lines that the grandma said were like bangers. Jesse yeah, Clement just like pop quizzing him on, on crossword puzzle clues, like making him do it like out of like thin air. Like that. That game sucks. Yeah, what, what also, was that? Jesse Plemons is like, I'm thinking about starting the speed rock Christian rock band when they're throwing the footballs. And I was like, I, I haven't seen this series, but I really hope this goes down that path too. Oh, Spencer, but I spoiler alert, it does. Um, oh man! <laughs> but we only care about we don't the need pilot. To, we don't need to do the rest of the episode. That damn it! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's the spinoff show. It's just <laughs> Jesse Clemens coming up with lyrics. Um, Congrats on Spencer for making us the uh, the shortest episode we've ever done. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I did want to talk a little bit about. We went back to Coach Taylor's home for like a small cutaway scene where he's continuing to watch tape. Uh, Tammy is looking at houses in the newspaper and uh, Julie is reading Moby Dick still. Um, Not that I'm expecting her to finish that book in a day, but she's comparing... (laughs) The the uh, pilot ends with her closing the last page. (laughs) Uh, She is comparing... It is interesting that she does do this like small comparison like of like, oh, football is like Moby Dick. And she's just like, the state championship is Moby Dick. And... 
your the football players or the whalers and like all this stuff uh while tammy taylor is just thinking his and hers closets how many different <laughs> pieces of classic literature do you think that someone not peter berg had to look at before they finally sold on moby dick being the right parallel yeah. a tale well, of two cities nope too sad let's you, do it. you know coach taylor is an awful lot like don quixote <laughs> <laughs> Peter Peter Berg giving some poor PA while he's writing this pilot like a giant stack of books, but like read them all by tomorrow. Yeah. Oh my! God. No, but I could imagine like when this actually aired live, like everyone in my town's head exploding, like football is Moby Dick, or like the coaches. <laughs> like I can't imagine how many coaches went in Friday and oh used this metaphor. I also uh, just like Tabby Taylor having to do like. Zillow in real life clipping out <laughs> listings from the newspaper. Oh, her mind yeah. would have been blown if she could just log on to Zillow and just be uh, just like I am with my wife, where it's like, do you see this house? Look at this yeah, kitchen. Yeah, pe- people joke about how like shows or movies would be different if they had cell phones in them. It's like, man, Tammy Taylor's life, if she had access to Redfin and Zillow, <laughs> her mind would explode. She's doing virtual walkthroughs of houses, being like, Eric, do you see this? Do you see <laughs> she could actually see the his and hers closets. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, but the next day, I did really love this scene of Coach Taylor having a scout for the upcoming game. Uh, and it was just a very simple idea. Um, I don't know what the relation of the scout is to Coach Taylor. He they just m- calls him Coach. Yeah, he just calls uh, him Coach. I, I think he's one of the assistant coaches. Yeah, which makes it seem like he's either the assistant coach or he used to be a coach at uh, Dylan, who might be retired and just mm. goes and watches other people's children practicing football uh yeah which is, what is the infra what's the what's the infrastructure of college football beyond the coaching staff like are there really people that will go like spy on other schools like for for no financial gain i was actually really curious about this because i was waiting for uh coach Tyler to pay him or something mm-hmm. like an under the yeah, table nope. kind of thing no nope. like we nope. i remember watching <laughs> yeah, I remember like watching. Your money's film no from, good here, friend. <laughs> yeah, from other schools, but I just yeah, this does feel very weird. Kind of a stranger just going to watch other children. Yeah, and coming back and reporting. It was super interesting though because this scene couldn't could have not been in the show, right? Like they very easily, if you found a scene that was cuttable, this probably could have been one. But it did do a good job of setting the tone of like Taylor placing the importance of football, but having someone else really emphasize like hey you're a hero right now you haven't won or lost a game it's not going to last and yeah sort of I, giving I think a this warning is of the less journey. about like the content of like the scout report and more the exposition of like the expectations are too high for you to not succeed and basically having mm-hmm. someone say to eric taylor like if he's told like you have to win and i yeah. think it's important to have that moment where like we don't just see him as like the bright-eyed family man, but like we we kind of like light the fire under his ass a little bit of like, listen, this town's gonna turn on you really quick. And like this scene and the radio broadcast do a really good job of building that exposition. It's also super interesting because this scout asks Coach Taylor how his family is doing. And that's the first and only time we see it in the show. Someone asks one of the football players or the coach something not football related which is bonkers, right? Like, if I just, like, Spencer, if I went over to you and was just like, hey, let's just talk about stand-up comedy. How was the set? How was the set? How Mm -hmm. was the set? And that's all we talked about? You'd be like, fuck Jeff. 
Like he yeah. didn't ask how my day was like, going I'm not or just anything. A piece of meat. I'm, yeah. I'm more than my top, my like my quick five. Like yeah, I, I am, think, I am a human I think they being. Did a, a really good job where the coach like takes a second to process like oh he asked me about my family yeah he and was like, like oh yeah like, yeah what's interesting though is in the first time when the nbc sports crew is sitting down with the players in that cold open someone asks smash a family question yeah and mm-hmm. he he like rejects it really mm-hmm. quick it's like i'm only here to talk about football so you know someone asking eric taylor about his family is a bigger deal because like a lot of these people they don't have anything else to their identity. What we learn about Dylan is like, this is your way out. Like football isn't just a game. It's not just like a hobby. It is the thing that can set you on a course for the rest of your life to just get you out of Dylan. Yeah, this is the this is the Texas Bechdel test. If you talk about something <laughs> other than football. Yeah, two men having a conversation yeah. where they don't mention football. <laughs> not about <Yeah>. football. <laughs> That's great. Um but in a very opposite scene, let's talk about the car dealership opening because this scene uh, was gold <laughs> in so many senses of the word. Like, I think the writers had a blast writing this, but it also gave us a great view of what the town as a whole was like. Mm-hmm. Um, rather than me just tell everyone what happened in the scene, I would love to hear from each of you. Tell me your favorite part of this scene. Spencer, I'm going to put you <laughs> under the gun. What was yeah, the moment they, in this scene that you were just like, wow, this is Texas football? It 100% the two ladies coming up to uh, Connie Ritten's character and you can just visibly see that she does not want to be ex- talking or just even involved with them at all, but commits to their book club. I'd say that's 90% of relationships <laughs> in those small towns, just like excruciating, like, oh God. Um, and then the mayor, or I almost said governor, <laughs> the the, uh, the mayor talking to the quarterback after, like, you got to get mean. Like, do you listen to Black yeah. Sabbath? Do you, do you listen, listen to, to Black early Sabbath? Black Sabbath? Early Black was, Sabbath. Was, I have that written down, uh, and I was like, this is wonderful. Max, what yeah. about you? I love all the cutaways, just everyone in town having an opinion about how this football team should run their offense. Uh, I really like the older woman saying to Tim Riggins, you ever blitz an older woman? Yeah, that was oh, a great... Yeah. Yeah. That is written that down. Was... Um, <laughs> I'm like, <and> then, okay. <laughs> just, just a fun <laughs> fact in here, because they make, they make multiple references to then-Texas head coach Mac Brown. He's now the head coach at the University of North Carolina. Mac Brown actually has a cameo as one of the boosters yeah. in this scene, which oh is a really fun God. little tidbit I as could well. not place where I had seen that guy. He's the guy that keeps talking about, like, you don't need a good quarterback to... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, perfect. That's that's fun. I I really like that. Uh, yeah, the the older woman hitting on Tim Riggins is truly like upsetting. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's that very very two thousand six of them to do. But uh, Rich, like he's the, the same that... age. He's forty. <laughs> yeah, Will. Um, he's for forty those, now. For those eagle-eyed uh, viewers, Will Muschamp is also in there. So they definitely just got the Texas uh, coaching staff, and we're like. You want to come and film for a day and it will look really cool to your recruits if you're like in this hot new young mm-hmm. TV show right. about football. Um, but I will say I I really enjoyed how this scene just painted the picture of we're at a car dealership opening and it is the biggest thing in town because the mm-hmm. football players are there. And we see the like I got the ick so badly when you yeah. see these 40 and 50 year old men 
putting up their hands to show their <laughs> state championship rings. Um, I also really enjoyed Smash. Days, baby. Yeah, Smash like, rapping. Do, do another thing. <laughs> yeah, I, I've done nothing since I won the state championship, but mm-hmm. um, I really enjoyed Smash rapping, and I have one line written down. Like Tom oh, no. Cruise getting Scientological, <laughs> uh, saying saying that um, that was wonderful. Um, Panda's gonna get diabolical. <laughs> and I, I really hope I really like the thought of Peter Burke sitting down and writing improv raps for him to just keep going. And we'll, yeah, we'll P- pick Peter Berg turns his hat to the side <laughs> and starts. <laughs> I wish I I like to imagine that Peter Berg was like, no, this is how the rap's supposed to be, and he goes on stage, grabs the mic, and oh, goes God. eight mile for like a this, second. This this dude is absolutely thriving in Video Village watching this scene. I know it. Uh, this this uh this really like um this scene felt a lot like another uh, Peter Berg specialty uh, that we that we watched uh, Ballers. Uh, there is a moment of like this was kind of like the the chaos like let's show how everyone how much gravity there's placed on these football players how much pressure there is from all these different sides what's going to happen in terms of like you know relationships and things like that there's definitely scenes in the Ballers pilot that are very much like it's not all glitz and glamour look how much pressure is on these people to like make money for their family family and you know get sponsorship deals and like you know make sure they're managing injuries correctly and and things like that i think he does a really good job in the scene it was super interesting how they have this scene that sort of like from a non if you did not live in texas in a small town you look at this and you're like this is wild but then the next very next scene the next day they're practicing alongside the pop warner team and like what is a very sweet scene right mm-hmm. like it, it's just it's a complete 180 on the just trucking eight-year-olds in oklahoma drills yeah no yeah. Coach Ooh, i was gonna say that would have been my time to shine 80. it's like going up against kids <laughs> <laughs> but there is a there's a line that um max I know what your favorite line of this uh, scene was. Would you like to share it with everyone? Oh, God. So after they run practice, uh, Jason Street is standing in front of a chalkboard in the locker room showing the Pop Warner kids the actual Dylan Panthers plays. And it's like, if you learn these plays, you could be as good as us. And a little kid raises his hand and goes, Mr. Street, do you think God loves football? And Jason answers, I think everybody loves football. And then he leads them all in prayer. Yeah, what? it's so funny. Okay. When that little kid raised his hand, I thought he was going to say, are you God? Like, just, so- like, <laughs> just like in general. Also, like, okay, you're trying to tell me that a 17-year-old is calling someone son? Like, yeah, no, that's that a was, wild. That part really took me out of it. That's absolutely insane. Oh. Guys, do we think God loves football? Oh yeah. I mean the Dallas, Let's Cow- get it. Jerry Dallas Jones Cowboys. Sure thinks so that's God's why there's saying. a hole there's a hole, a hole in the Dallas in the... uh Cowboys Stadium so God mm-hmm. can watch his favorite team on Sundays. And we also a, did have is that a real uh, Jerry Jones quote. Yep. It is like yeah. That is, that is like a, a that is a, a very yeah. that is a very real thing. God's um, slow. You know, Jerry. <laughs> There is nothing wrong with Jerry Jones. Nothing yeah. at all. I have we, too uh, many Oklahoma drills. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
He's from Arkansas. Get it straight, Arkansas. Rich. <laughs> yeah, it's been in the news a lot lately. <laughs> we we did have something very similar to that where it was called FCCLA uh, or not FCCLA. It was fellowship FCA Fellowship of Christian Athletes. Oh yeah. And like after workout or whatever, you'd have like a little mini sermon and prayer. And I, at the end of each one, I would always mm-hmm. raise my hand and say, "Do you think God loves football?" <laughs> <laughs> No, but I the prayer everybody loves football, here. Spencer. Yeah. So the next day we get to we're up to Thursday. This week is and thank God by. they're putting the names of the days of the week on the screen because I, I would not have been able to keep track. Yeah. I'd have no idea. Um, so Thursday that means um, there's one day left, right? <laughs> it's it's pizza day in the cafeteria. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That would be funny if that's how they moved along is <laughs> by the lunch menu. Today so oh, oh, is steak fingers. Oh, steak fingers. It's taquito day. Like uh, taquitos oh, Tuesday. Okay. Yeah. Smiley face French Friday. Yeah. <laughs> but this scene was great because we only get one scene in thursday at least from my recollection and it was the players are having a grill out and tim riggins is having a few beers before their game the next day right um and they're talking about life after football um which they're very much still in which is wild um i do have written down that tim riggins thinks that jason street as a star quarterback in the nfl will only be there for 10 years and make five million dollars a year i did do a little bit of research on how much a star quarterback in the nfl would be making 2006 2010 if anyone remembers who was drafted in 2010 i think that was the sam bradford year uh where sam bradford in 2010 got 46 million dollars guaranteed upon signing his contract as a bonus so tim riggins is going to get a lot more money from that one percent that he thought he was going to get you know yeah yeah there's uh, a Hall really, famer, really quick sam bradford there's yeah. a really quick scene where coach jeller goes to look at a house in person and says that uh whether or not he buys the house will have to do how the game goes on friday but yeah, I feel like this cookout is it's it's important because yeah, we we do see that, you know, for guys like Jason Street, there is this path out of Dylan, you know, he's going to go D1, he's going to go to the pros, he's going to make the money. And for guys like Tim, there's just Dylan. Like this is this is the moment. I'm look, I I don't think Tim Riggins is, you know, necessarily destined unless he gets a scholarship to go to a top flight university. There's been nothing so far that indicates that not saying he can't test really well, but we haven't seen any proof of it so far. So for him, like this season is what there is. Like there is only this moment. There is only that game tomorrow. That win tomorrow might be the difference between him getting a shot at even getting out of this town or still being in that backyard drinking beers a decade from now. And from there, it's Friday. It's game day. Um, Hold on. That means zero (laughs) days left. Zero days. It is... It is hot G-day. dogs, hamburgers, <laughs> hot dogs. For well, before uh, before we get to game day, may I just Sloppy say in the words of uh, Tim Riggins, here's to God and football, and 10 years from now, street, good friends living large in Texas. Texas forever. <laughs> Texas forever. Texas forever. Um, but we get to game day. We get the quote of this show um, in the pregame right uh coach taylor gives his pregame sort of sets everything up and we get clear eyes full hearts can't lose um which i will not lie i got chills hearing coach taylor say that 
for the first time in a long time that I've watched this pilot. Um, but then we dive right into the game. Um, I don't want to give a play-by-play of the game. Uh, I will give my one comment. That's that probably whoever, smart. Whoever was the defensive coordinator was doing a terrible job. Uh, because that offense was just tearing them apart with all those counters that we were hearing about. Um, but I did. They, they were the... they were too amped up by this needle drop of raise up by saliva. They were they were too <laughs> fucking amped to pay attention. Yeah, it was funny how in the zone I immediately got when they started playing. Because uh, once the other team scored instantly, I looked at my little brother and I go, "They have no secondary." And I was like, <laughs> "Wait!" I was like, <laughs> "I was like, this is a written shit. This is not real." I was like, "Damn, that came out so naturally." Oh my but, God. Um, <laughs> that, that's basic that's absolutely amazing yeah. but like i i think that the scene like that was super interesting was they did really give that game day vibe of like in the halftime in the locker room the Ooh, yeah those assistants and coordinators are tearing those guys a new one and you could almost tell that jason street was just like there was way too much stimulation going on um because that actor was really playing it up like he had just seen someone get shot or something like that <laughs> the way they were like what are you seeing out there what are you seeing out there and he's like oh the the corners are coming in off the edges i have no time <laughs> like all this stuff and i was like it's not war bud it is just you were playing also, a football game the blood also, how can coaches can't oh yeah the scratch the the (laughs) like tim riggins looking like he had an encounter with wolverine during yeah i've I've watched football for a while i've never played it (laughs) but i've never even seen once a single injury college or professional that where people just like had a wolverine attack (laughs) oh well well, the mascot is a real panther This is this is a Cincinnati Bearcat situation where they have a... yeah. <laughs> It's like how Texas actually has Bevo the Longhorn on the sideline oh, yeah. and like at a UGA. Well, and okay, Baylor I... used to have an actual bear on the sideline. Like the Baylor Bears for a long time had a bear, bear. on a leash. Yeah, but he's one of the ones that wears a fez and rides a unicycle. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. that'd be sick i will say the craziest most accurate thing in this whole show to me is on game day they pan over the stands and it's everyone wearing their panthers gear and whatever and then there's one guy in a ut hat and a ut windbreaker and that is <laughs> gary baker this guy in my town when me and my little brother saw it we looked at each other we're like gary, gary baker. baker getting a shout out <laughs> yeah. wow this gary UT baker hat. friend of the pod yeah gary yeah <laughs> Every town had a guy that just loved UT. No connection or anything, but just UT. That's amazing. I, I, I went to. I drove through Austin once, so I bought a UT windbreaker. <laughs> I wore it every day of my life. Yeah, yeah. I bought it at Bucky's. Yeah. <laughs> and then it's just the whole identity for the rest of their lives. That's, That's amazing. so funny. <laughs> so just going into the second half of the game. Uh, momentum shifts. It was pretty even at the beginning, but uh, the team that the Dillon Panthers are facing uh, takes the lead, uh, and they take a 10-point lead, and Dillon just can't seem to get anything right, but Jason Street starts to lead a drive only to throw an interception. Um, And for those who have watched this pilot, maybe um, I'm going to give a little bit of a trigger warning. There is a really nasty injury that happens in this scene. Um, And Jason, being a quarterback, probably never learned how to tackle properly. Um, Tackles with his head down and is immediately paralyzed. Um, It is 
not easy to watch by any means of the word, but I think what this show did was it... The show focuses so much on football that the moments when it focuses on real life are extremely powerful. Um, and this scene did such a good job of bringing everyone into the reality of this is a human being who mm -hmm. is mm -hmm. horribly injured um, because yeah. of this tackle. What what were your thoughts? What, what sort of came across when you saw this happen? It, it didn't look like the injury was that severe when they showed it. I mean, I, I've never tried to tackle anyone in a football sense or anything like that, but like, I, it didn't look that bad on like first review, but I... You know, okay, so maybe I didn't have the community, the sense of community that people do between rival teams in, like, when I play baseball or anything like that. I think if someone gets injured, I'm not holding hands with the person on another team. It was like, I, I thought that was actually kind of like a nice moment to see that, you know, it does extend beyond the like the nature of the game and and stuff like that like there is like a sense of community and camaraderie among the players uh but it's also i i kind of stopped watching football because the injuries are horrific and i like don't enjoy seeing people have like long-lasting brain injuries from the sport so uh you know for me it was very much a reality of like oh this is what people are forcing their children to do when they're young and like really get into it and I don't know. It, 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 it's not a religion I subscribe to. Absolutely. Spencer, yeah, what think, about you? I think you put it perfectly by saying it was basically the first time everything stops and you realize, like, oh, my God, this is mm -hmm. just a game. Like, it's yeah. just so unimportant in the grand scheme of things. Uh, mm -hmm. And, I, I, Rich, I completely agree. Like, I mean, I broke my arm. I got a concussion. Was it worth it? No. If I ever have kids, I have none of my boys are going to be playing football, naturally. But like, yeah, I don't want my really kids to the concussion though. <laughs> yeah. It's only Oklahoma, better. Oklahoma drills. No, uh, but yeah. If I ever have kids, I don't want them to be out there like getting destroyed. Um, no, dude. Offer a game like that, but yeah, it's it's a powerful moment. You spend, you know, the first. 30-ish minutes of this pilot building up the legend of this person and also showing what football means to one's life, what it what it's their ticket to in the future. And this is the moment <clears throat> where we see how in the blink of an eye, that can be taken from you. And Jason is someone who did everything right. He had all of the resources to, you know, probably even without football, make a good life for himself you know it, it yeah. looks like jason is someone who would have been successful whatever they wanted to do regardless and now in in a split second it's not even about is he going to be an nfl quarterback yeah it's you know is this kid gonna see tomorrow yeah and yeah. It, it's a, it's a real um you know it, it's a it's a sobering moment and it it really has a, a weight over what we've built up to which is like football's the way out and now that door may be closed for the person that it was like wide open for moments prior mm -hmm. and from here i thought peter berg did a really good job of showing hey the game must go on mm -hmm. but there's also you know this child that is potentially paralyzed that has to go into surgery at the same time 
and doing the flashing between Jason being in the hospital, getting the clothes and the helmet literally sawed off of his head, uh, mm -hmm. going in to get spinal surgery, while the backup quarterback, Matt Saracen, whose own grandmother said, good God, when he went into the game, um, is set to get his first snaps as the as the Dylan Panther quarterback um and it was it was really powerful like you couldn't not be emotionally invested in yeah. this scene and by the end of it hey spoiler alert we love a good hollywood ending matt saracen throws one hell of a pass after having a sack and then an incompletion and then I think there was another incompletion. So we're an incompletion off of his lineman's helmet. Like yeah. Matt is Matt is so comically small compared to the rest of the guys <laughs> on this team. Oh, it was a it was a sack incompletion because he threw it at his own player. Then Smash has a really good play. Uh, and then he proceeds to throw the most amazing pass I have ever seen in my damn life to <laughs> lead seventy yards. Yeah. So they yeah. <laughs> and they score ten points in three minutes. Um, I literally commented to my wife because I forgot about this. I was like, "Oh, we got to pull out the ten point play uh, that ha <laughs> that happens in football." But literally, you know, we watch this, and I couldn't help but being like, "Holy shit." I'm so excited. I will run through a goddamn wall to go and play some football. But Man, during all when this... Tim, when Tib recovers that onside kick, ah! Mm -hmm. Yeah. I know. But I thought it was so powerful seeing Coach Taylor just pull Matt aside and yeah. say... The humanity in his eyes. Slow down, right? You could just get mm -hmm. the sense of... like, And it doesn't... There weren't any like magnificent lines right it was so calming but it, it was, was so, so calming yeah. and simple it was just like throw it to our guys knowing exactly yeah. what to say like not like and watching him dumb it down from like do you know how to read coverages oh shit no you don't okay just throw it to our guys <laughs> and <laughs> yeah. oh you're hyperventilating breathe and like yeah. that is and that... wetted down handed off to smash <laughs> yeah exactly yeah, yeah. like <laughs> and after all of this um we get that prayer at the center of the field. Mm -hmm. We watch Coach Taylor go and visit this child who he's been a part of this kid's life for his entire football career to the what we may presume is the end of his football career. Yeah. Um, and that is the end of our pilot. Um, any additional thoughts about sort of this ending in, of this first episode of Friday Night Lights. I, I love this VO from Kyle Chandler as he narrates in the hospital. There's a line in there where he says, we will now all be tested. And I think it, it sets up what this show is really about. Like we use football as the device to build the world, but it, it's about the town and the community. And we even get this arc from the beginning of the episode where it's implied there may be some like, uh, like racial discrimination from Riggins towards Smash and even by the end like they share a hug in the hospital waiting room like we see the interpersonal connections that Peter Berg was striving to do um, and I think it yeah we we get sort of snuck in through the lens of football to like what this show is and that ending moment of just Coach Taylor at Jason's bedside is, is a really powerful way to end this pilot yeah I was pretty I get pretty squeamish with like body horror stuff in, in media and just the cause so like 
yeah, I watched the ending and everything like that, but I kind of had to hold my hand up over the uh, them cutting back to um, getting cut, cutting back to Jason. Basically, I don't know, getting his spinal cord fused or something like mm-hmm. that in the hospital. I don't know what exactly that surgery was, and I don't know. Oh, this is actually pretty timely um, right now because we just had a pretty monumental incident involving uh, the Buffalo Hamlin. Bills, Demar Hamlin, yeah. and I am wondering if if football is now starting to accept a little bit more that the bodily damage is not something that should be worn as like a a badge of honor but as something that should be like you know looked out for and i I don't know it it is nice like it's nice to think that even just in 2006 that the that the attitude around football has changed a little bit and that like a they will cancel the rest of a like a high stakes nfl football game because one of the players was injured so severely that they had to send them to the hospital like it was not you know it's not okay number three is out number 17 get in there you're not, yeah. uh, you know, you're taking over Hamlin's spot, and you know it. It, it is nice that it, you're starting to see that in other sports too. Like there is that incident of um, one of the players on the Dallas Stars a couple of years ago having a like a seizure on the bench, mm-hmm. and them having to cancel the game for that. Formula One, if there's like a pretty serious uh, accident, they will stop and cancel the re- remainder of the race and things like that. Like it's a, it's not necessarily preventing all these things, but it is nice that football is advancing in the way of trying to limit the amount of damage that they're doing to each other and not having that be a glory part of the game. Yeah. And to your point, Rich, like there was a report that came out yesterday from the NFL that I believe said concussions went up year over year by like 18%. Um, And a lot of people were like, holy shit, we're getting more concussions. And it's no, we're getting more concussions being actually reported. Uh, Gone are the days of like, you know, Spencer, you talked about getting a concussion, right? You're not talking about it as a badge of honor, but like Brett Favre uh, has talked about, oh, I've had like hundreds of concussions and talks about it like it is like, the greatest achievement of his career but yeah now he's committed welfare fraud yeah no now <laughs> he's committing welfare fraud to fund stadiums being built in uh, mississippi like it's it's really interesting i think that this we are now in a time where football is becoming more of a reality of what it actually does to people uh rather than being it's not just all glory there are after effects um max you talked about it a little bit but i really was hit by the line we will all at some point in our lives fall we will all fall um Mm. spencer any final takeaways from this last couple scenes uh mainly just kind of going back to the actual game uh i was just kind of blown away by the complexity of the offensive plays being run they were (laughs) in high school bringing it back to sports (laughs) so it just reminded me of like how i played nfl blitz or like madden just like the craziest plays each time and it working seven laterals per play yeah exactly (laughs) but uh kind of going to rich's point i think it's really cool that for the first time probably ever that these huge sports are starting to actually put the human above the sport Mm -hmm. even if it's not really big moves in the right direction at the moment i think it's at least great that it's now being acknowledged i think it's just the first step but uh but yeah that was my first time watching any of the friday night lights tv series and after i was like damn now i'm gonna watch something else except bar rescue (laughs) except bar rescue (laughs) that's that's all i watch that's it (laughs) oh my god 
Well, with that said, let's talk a little bit about some things that we might not have talked about that we loved about this pilot. Uh, anything that come to mind for y'all? Oh, man. So the the last time before the game that we see Matt practicing, uh, he's he's clunking a tire in his yard. This guy, I don't know if he can throw a spiral. And then all of a sudden, they have him turn into like Madden 2004 Michael Vick on the <laughs> Just ev- evading, evading linemen and just throwing an absolute bomb. So I, I know that they said this is like documentary style filmmaking and like, uh, except for like in the games, but it's very specific. It's not really choreographed. All of a sudden, Matt runs the longest play I've ever seen where he's like, he's fallen. He gets a hand on the ground. He spins out of it. He evades a tackle. He evades another tackle. He pump fakes. I don't know how he has this much time all of a sudden and then just chucks it down the field to a wide open guy this is it's hilarious to me because of how long this whole sequence takes and part of me is just like oh at any moment this dude's just gonna get fucking drunk <laughs> um, i was fully expecting him to just yeah. get but, but also Can for a imagine? show that's just so loose and naturalistic to then have like Matt doing fucking ballet on the football field yeah. is really you can entertaining also to see when he throws the ball it looks so bad and then it just immediately cuts to that beautiful spiral. Like it's oh yeah, we'll fix that in post. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Who, who threw I wanna know who threw that ball on yeah. the set because it was definitely not Matt Saracen. It was I always love I love sport movies, like suspension of disbelief things like um uh oh god, what's his name? Uh the, the guy who does the baseball movie trilogy, Kevin Costner. Um seeing Kevin Costner like in For the Love of the Game where he is a pitcher, where you are very visibly you have your face and body shown the entire time, has the worst pitching form I've ever seen, and he's very clearly throwing like fifty two miles an hour. And they're like, Oh my god, another hundred and one mile an hour fastball by, <laughs> by the veteran pitcher. In the editing bay, they're just filming up the frame Speed, rate. Yeah. Yeah, truly. I'm like <laughs> Yeah, well, yeah they they cannot possibly make it look even remotely realistic and the fact that they the very exp- the very expertly timed cut from matt saracen being here to an absolute mm-hmm. bomb 60 yard throw for yeah. is, is uh some movie magic anything else that we really loved about this pilot that we just didn't talk about during our review of it nah well i i, I, I will give we're pretty thorough i'll give one thing um i think that i really loved the use of i don't know who was the voice of the radio and the voice of the game but i thought that that was such a well done thing of giving us the energy of the town in maybe scenes where we didn't get you know our car dealership owner or our mayor or our booster just around us at any time um the people talk about new york city being the being one of the characters on sex in the city am radio is the am fifth radio character is the lights. fifth character on <laughs> on uh on friday night lights and i think that it was so well used to bring up our emotions, make us feel like we were a part of the town um, as a whole. It only makes me think of the fake sports radio station from King of the Hill. Um, <laughs> David it's, <laughs> it's the sports jock and Chad. Uh-huh. <laughs> so... With that being said, any wait a minute moments, any things that you saw in this pilot where you were <laughs> Aside like, from the my dear God. Yeah, so we're going to turn it from AM radio to FM radio and talk about music really quick. There's there's two, it's a very good soundtrack overall, but there's two very, very jarring transitions. Uh, mm. So the first one is in the car dealership scene. 
where there's a really hard cut from Yeehaw by Jake Owen into <laughs> Gold Lion by the Yeah Yeah Yes, which is like way too hip of a band to be played in this show. And then the other one is On Game Day, where it's Your Hand and Mine by Explosions in the Sky, an instrumental post-rock band, who I, I think they go on to be the intro song for yeah. this series, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, oh. But that hard cuts into Raise Up by Saliva, which I already mentioned, which feels like much more the speed of what these guys would listen to. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, <laughs> it's that thing where they're playing really, really cool bands that I just don't, I, I can't see these players or the people in this town listen to. Like, I can't see the guys who are calling into sports talk to yell about Coach Taylor being, yeah, you guys listen to that new yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <record." laughs> the, the absolute stranglehold that like uh early 2000s indie rock had on media at that point mm-hmm. you could have had the strokes come in at any moment Rich, anything <laughs> got you uh wait a minute for this uh, pilot not not in particular i feel like we covered quite a bit of uh of what i find wrong with the the high school football sphere in general <laughs> spencer anything on your mind i think i hit all my notes the only note i didn't hit it says uh connie Britton or buddy garrity who would you rather <laughs> <laughs> Who would I rather play football with? Uh, probably Connie Britton. Yeah. Same. Who would I rather good... open a car dealership with? Buddy Garrett. <laughs> yeah, Buddy Garrett. Yeah. Um, uh, oh no, go ahead. Uh, nah. But I will say we talked a little bit about the ages. Um, me going through trying to figure out how old some people were and were not in this pilot was uh, wild. And I recommend if you want to do your own research at home, go ahead and do so. Um, with that being said, we do have an in-flight question today. Uh, in-flight questions are brought to us by our audience. You can DM us uh, them or you can leave us a voicemail. But our in-flight question today, on a scale from one to Zachary Levi's, uh, or Levi's Kurt Warner biopic, how Jesus-y is this show? Um, and Spencer, I'm going to shoot it to you. Um, Spencer, I don't know what your religious background is or how religious you are, but you have that first-hand perspective of Texas football. And is Texas football this Jesus-y? <laughs> Not even joking, I would say possibly more. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you're gonna, like you're gonna hear, back. yeah, you're gonna hear prayers before games, in the locker rooms, lots of prayers. You're gonna have the big game Sundays. You're going to talk about the game at church. Uh, <laughs> lots of God. So, yeah. I actually Man. wanted a little more representation of God in this show. So. <laughs> well, yeah, he does when, love when football. Tim Riggins, when Tim Riggins <laughs> says the line, let's touch God at the cookout, that kind of <laughs> gives me an image of, like, riding dirt bikes with Jesus. Yeah. And it, it, sort of, it sort of takes the, the God level down from, like, an eight or so to, like, a, a good six, where yeah. it's, like... You know, God's not necessarily uh, a religious figure. He's like a cool dude who you toss the pigskin around with and have yeah. a couple of brewskis. Yeah, I think they think God is Roger Staubach. Staubach. <laughs> or like Troy Aik. Yeah. But Brown also, like, how, time. <laughs> yeah. how, how does that young child have... How does that young child know who Roger Staubach is? Like, there's no <laughs> way... There's no way that eight-year-old saw footage of Roger Staubach and is like, wow, <laughs> what a what great That's what you learn at Sunday school, is you <laughs> yeah, learn yeah. about Roger Staubach <laughs> And the history yeah, of the instead Dallas of colors Cowboys. and shapes, you learned former Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> yeah. uh, That's I, I not will, far off. I will say they uh, probably were leaning towards Kurt Warner for most Jesus-y. 
um, because you have to suspend a lot of disbelief. God is not a St. Louis Rams fan. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, and That's I would I say, I just, in the back of my mind, every time they were like, let's pray or let's talk about Jesus, I was just like, could you imagine if there's just one Jewish kid on the team who's just sort of sitting there being like, what am I supposed to do? Do I, do I put my head down? Um, I guess. Another like, year of not saying anything. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess like when they're talking about Jesus Christ, I'll just be like, next year in Israel, uh, and then we'll go from there. Uh, but thank you for that in-flight question. Um, let's talk a little bit about the legacy of this show. So this show had five seasons and 76 different episodes. Um, as far as viewership of the show, based off of its timing, um, it was in a weird slot. Like it sort of played around with like Fridays and Sundays and like um, there were some... You can't put it on Fridays. That's what the football is. <laughs> oh, well, Max, I'm glad you brought that up. Uh, because they tried airing this show in the UK, um, and they showed the pilot episode. And just to give you an idea, the average viewership, uh, in the US for the first two seasons was 6 million viewers. One of the lower ones of one of the more successful shows, uh, that we've talked about, at least in the zeitgeist. But here's a question for everyone. How many people watched the premiere episode of Friday Night Lights in the UK? Six. Okay. <laughs> Rich. They made a show about football. <laughs> Rich, go for it. It's not a number, That's Rich. not a number. That's just that's a statement. Oh, I thought, I thought you were going to continue. Um, how many people watched? 500. Okay. And Spencer? I'm going to say 6,000. Ooh. 26,000 people watched wow. the premiere. Now... The reason why is at the same exact time it was premiering, there was a football match in the soccer sense against Barcelona and Liverpool at the exact same time. So everyone <laughs> oh was God. watching that. Um, yeah, no shit. <laughs> the show was syndicated on a few different networks, ABC Family, Bravo, and Teen Nick. Um, if you have any curiosity about production of this show, DirecTV actually has a super interesting relationship with the show continuing on because NBC really didn't want to pay for all of it. But then DirecTV came in and we're like, we'll pay for some of it. And then we can get some exclusive syndication rights uh, along with that. Uh, there were talks of a movie, uh, but then Peter Berg sort another of shut movie? that down. And, yeah, another movie about this show. Uh, not about, yeah. So okay. then um, as far as awards go, the show was nominated for 80 awards and won 16 of them, including yeah. Kyle Chandler winning a lead actor in the uh, drama category for the Emmys, uh, Jason Cadams uh, for writing for the series finale, um, Connie Britton won a satellite award, uh, they won a couple of television critic awards for best program. Um, Amy T. Gargan won a Young Hollywood Award, uh, but my favorite award is state <laughs> they won state very close max they won a star of texas award from the oh texas God. film hall of fame uh oh, shit. for excellence in production so Man, uh big time pandering there so texas <laughs> yeah. forever 
but all my excellence lives in Texas. <laughs> but I will say, like, if you are just sitting down, and I had a fun debate with my wife of who's the most successful person who was on the pilot versus who is the most successful person who's just been on this show, because this cast is just stacked in every sense of the word, and it is like it's amazing. It's it's truly just dumbfounded this show has the same effect as when you watch girls where like the person who becomes the biggest star and one of the most in-demand actors in hollywood is like the weirdest fucking dude in the pilot (laughs) and like if you tell me that like all state jerk uh you know jesse plemons is going to become one of the biggest actors in in town today academy award nominated uh we also got a great friday night lights reunion in the movie game night with him and kyle chandler <laughs> wow uh, everyone should just go watch game night wow. but yeah like him becoming like a prestige actor having watched this is just so crazy to me yeah there was also a crossover sort of with the show parenthood uh where they sort of played around <laughs> with the idea of the friday night's universe and the parenthood universe being the same one do we get a crossover uh, crossover episode uh parenthood be it was more so i think it was friday nights just ended and then they were like oh there was this school in texas and then like matt saracen's character just sort of shows up uh and then jesse plemons character is there as well so you know like great television um but that's <laughs> like is, when it, chips has to solve a crime in the three's company universe it's like the Love Boat episode that was also a Charlie's Angels episode. Yes. Um, it's all coming uh, together. Or all of those Chicago shows. Yeah, the Chicago where it's like a crossover over with every Law year. And Order. Yeah, well, I don't even think I don't even think that Station 19 and Grey's Anatomy are separate shows anymore. I feel They're like every other week it's like on a special crossover. Yeah. Event. It's well, Yeah, that's it as far as legacy, but Rich I heard a rumor that you had a game of the week this week. I do have a game of the week. Uh, the stars at night are big and bright at Rich's game of the week. Uh, I <laughs> I was about to do it. <laughs> All right. So um, obviously we're huge fans of uh, mascots on this podcast. We're not gonna we're not gonna pretend like we aren't. Uh, <laughs> so I look through the Texas high school state football archive to find oh. e- through every single college or every single college, every, th- every single high school to find, uh, we're going to play a game of Faker's Dozen where I have 11 real high school, uh, schools and team names. And I have one fake one in there and I want you guys to pick which one is fake. I am so Rich, excited. I was literally I wrote that down. Did you really? To do, and then I didn't do it. <laughs> I'm so glad you didn't know. <laughs> uh, All right, Rich, we're in the same mind. It. And Spen- Spencer, I'm so curious to see if you're going to get this right. Um, because you obviously know significantly more uh, high schools than I would. But here we go. All right, so I'm going to read these out for everyone at home. So we have the Homeschool Warriors, the yes. Boys Ranch <laughs> Rough Riders, the St. Fabian Hog Wranglers, the Crest Kangaroos, <laughs> The Sundown Roughnecks, the White Deer Bucks, the Pack Whirlwinds, the Roscoe Plowboys, the Breckenridge Buckaroos, the Mason Punchers, the Fredericksburg Battle and Billies, the Springtown Porcupines. <laughs> uh, and I want you all to know that this took maybe two minutes for me to sign to find all these batshit names. <laughs> I I did not I did not scroll all the way down. This is like I found twelve real quick. <laughs> 
All right. All right. So uh, I would love to hear what you guys think is going to be the uh, the one that I made up. I mean, Rich, I love you to death, but Homeschool <laughs> Warriors has to be real uh, because that's just too good. <laughs> homeschool <laughs> Homeschool Warriors. Tim Tebow was definitely, if he lived in Texas, that would have been the team he was on. Um, but I am going to go with the Breckenridge Buckaroos. God, this list is so good. I'm going to say Springtown Porcupines only because it's the one at the end. <laughs> oh, what do you think, man. I he played eleven of these teams, so he knows. Yeah, was... <laughs> yeah this yeah, is Spencer Strauss. One trying to remember yeah. like the two thousand eight uh, season. Yeah. I was. <laughs> They're big... all in the same conference. Yeah, I was a big Boys Ranch Rough Rider, but. Uh... <laughs> Man, holy cow. I'm going to have to go with <laughs> you got the it. Roughnecks. All right. So all three that you named are all real. Oh, <laughs> hell yeah. Let's go. <laughs> the Homeschool Warriors is in Medessa. I was going to put Medessa in there, but it was I thought it was too like uh, like obvious that it was real. Um, the fake one is the St. Fabian Hog Wranglers. <laughs> Everyone <laughs> oh. Okay. Um, well, now that, that you was... say it, it makes complete sense that that's big, the, but I love it too Roscoe much. The Roscoe Plowboys and the Mason Punchers could be playing each other next week if you want. Because, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, hog hunting is a big thing. Like, even oh, big in time. helicopters. So I yeah, was like, it's, it's why you need an AR-15. <laughs> <laughs> I, I did want to try to find a saint that may have been martyred by getting killed by a hog at some point. <laughs> and my, my research did not find one, but yeah. <laughs> Saint Fabian, AR, I thought was the funniest name. Speaking of AR-15s, I just found out that there's a, like, a, a child-size AR-15, and it's oh, called no. the JR-15. Oh, no. I just found my wait-a-minute moment of the show. There were way too few guns in this show for it to be based in texas sure. and not I, enough yeah. 10 gallon hats for my <laughs> liking uh rich thank you so much for your game of the week i think um, that was the first game of the week that no one got a no one got it right which i'm very impressed all right let, let's go kangaroos well our plane is coming to a land uh, we're about to touch down uh but before uh, we can do that, ah, uh, you uh, said touchdown. Uh, uh, um, before we can do that, I have two questions for each of you. Do you think this show could be made today? And would you continue watching this version of the show? Spencer is our guest. After you, I think if it was made today, I would truly love to see this show as an actual reality TV show mm. that follows. I would think that would be incredible. Um, but yeah, I think I'll be watching through this and i think i would watch it again if it came out in another way well spencer i have good news for you there's a show called qb1 that you can watch on netflix and <laughs> right. it's about actual high schoolers <laughs> really going through their lives 10 out of 10 would recommend at least the first season Max, i'm on it what about you uh you know it's hard to say the fullback doesn't really play a part of the modern offense anymore <laughs> so you would have to reevaluate the tim riggins role um but I, I think it's a I think it's an evergreen story. I definitely think you can make this show anytime, any town, any sport. I think that the circumstances just are timeless. Um, fun fact, this is actually my third time watching this pilot and I've never <laughs> seen episode two. <laughs> <laughs> um so yes it is effective in making me want to watch more but based on my history not, i we'll, we'll see so. what happens we'll see if third time's a charm rich what about you uh, uh I, you know i i think this show could be made today but like max said there'd have to be more emphasis on tight ends instead of fullbacks um and i think boy 
I, this type of like sappiness is not like the like the teen drama sappiness is not has never really been my bag like i you know i wasn't gonna watch another episode of dawson's creek wasn't gonna watch an episode of the oc um but you know i th- i think it could definitely keep going this is the fascinating thing about this show is that um it got kind of cut in half by the writer's strike of 2008 mm-hmm. and there is like a pretty sizable rift in the show where it ended up like those last three seasons and you know this was not an nbc show through and through and it's weird that during the research for the, that i did for this show that it was critically acclaimed but it wasn't that popular because i remember this being exceptionally popular so i don't really know i don't know where that came from but um I, I'm I'm gonna watch episode two. This is not uh, I, I'm I'm super curious. Well, n- number one, they also didn't say if um if Jason Street was actually paralyzed. So I'm gonna like just watch for that. I just guess. for I'm, that. I'm here for he just I'm here for medical report. updates. <laughs> <laughs> well, I put a lot of money on the Dylan Panthers this year. <laughs> um, and as far as myself, um, this is not the first time I have watched this pilot. I have watched this show through many times. Um, because I think... You made it it farther than me. Yeah. Um, I think it is such a well-acted, written show, um, that really does do a great job of focusing in on something, a subject like football, but showing the lives of people that are affected by it in its many facets. Um, as far as making the show today, I think that there's a few things that would probably need to be done, um... There needs to be a way more social media involved in these players' lives. Um, I Jason Street has at least a hundred thousand followers on Instagram uh, and is viral on TikTok. There's actually a mm. there's a, call, a basketball recruit who has like three million followers on TikTok right now, um, and it's like one of those wild things. NIL has to be involved. There's a lot of different things, but. I 100% could see this show being made today. Uh, We are a country that is infatuated with everything and anything football. That's why shows like All American are absolutely destroying on the CW. Mm. Um, With that being said, I'll continue watching this show. Who are we kidding? (laughs) Um, This is is my cup of tea. Let's give it another go around. I, I think if you are curious about watching this show, you can find it entirely on netflix um with that said we have landed this plane gentlemen uh where can we find all of you if we are curious spencer where can we find you man uh real simple instagram and twitter just at brita water filter (laughs) Um, i'm so glad you got it before the brita company did they're so pissed off i expected them to want it at some point they never did so it's just uh, uh my, yeah, my venmo is still official Arby's, so i get it yeah you gotta you you gotta get that mastodon going yes. as well so that yes, we can yes. corner the market max yeah. what about you uh well since our episodes come out on thursdays you can find me at the diner chomping down on an aztec burger before friday night lights <laughs> yes, uh you can find me on all things social media at maxwell sing and you can find original sketch comedy for myself and Rich over at TikTok at uh, Dad Wagon Comedy. And uh, you can you can find me coaching the Roscoe Plowboys this year. And <laughs> <laughs> a real team, go go Plowboys! Um, <laughs> number one Plowboys podcast. Uh, <laughs> uh, and you can also they, they find call me Rich Mister Plow. <laughs> Uh, you could also find uh, me on Instagram at Damn That's Rich. 
What about you, Jeff? You can find me forcing toddlers to do Oklahoma drills against me. <laughs> uh, but you can also find me on social media at Run Jeff Run. You can find the TV Pilots License on YouTube, Twitter, and Instagram at TV Pilots License. If you have a question about the show for us or for our next episode, you can email us at tvpilotslicense at gmail.com or give us a call at 213-290-1713. Make sure to subscribe to our podcast anywhere you listen to podcasts. Leave a review, leave a comment, and make sure to watch out for our Instagram as we sneak preview the episodes that are coming up. And we also take suggestions for upcoming episodes. With the plane landed and the seatbelt sign off, we look forward to flying the bright skies of the TV world with you. Thanks again for Spencer for joining us to talk about the Dylan Panthers and Friday Night Lights. And until then, clear eyes, full hearts. Can't lose. Can't lose. Can't lose. Texas forever. Texas forever. <laughs> Get you one of these. <laughs> <laughs>